0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathart. A minute to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did.
1: Whoa. Of all the lies told last night, and I want to start off the show with an apology. Uh, actually, here it's, it's only 8.08, but I do want to start with an apology. I'd said over the past couple of days we were highlighting... Here are some of the lies that Joe Biden is going to tell in his State of the Union. And I apologize because I completely undersold the amount of lies that he told last night. Um, But that's the one I'm sitting on my couch and I'm taking notes. When he said that, when he said, look at what we did to China last week, it was one of those I was angry wanted to laugh and also wanted to cry. And here's the frustration when you say things like that that just are not accurate. Uh, I get frustrated on a couple of levels. Number one, the people that applaud and eat it up. Yeah, what we did to China last week. That's complete and utter BS. It just blows me away. But the thing that I really find offensive is that this administration and a lot of progressives as a whole, I'm stereotyping, as a whole, they tell us these lies and they just expect that we're going to believe it. And That's what's frustrating. I want to bring in uh, State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman. I want to talk about school choice, but first, uh, Ms. Coleman, your reaction to last night's State of the Union?
2: I mean, I think it was really funny and laughable. It weren't so terribly sad, right? I just kept thinking about those memes where the guy starts laughing and then actually cries. Uh, it, do you think he knew what was going on last week? Maybe he thinks that he had a strong response. The Joint Chiefs not tell him the way they didn't tell Trump when we had balloons in our airspace the last time? I mean, I just, if you were looking for any sort of sign about how out of touch, how in the bubble he is, um, there were so many, so many opportunities to see that last night. Yeah. His weak on China response, like, oh, absolutely. We totally were strong on China. We let them gather all the data they wanted. We finally shut it down after it had been sent to them. And then we gave them their parts of uh, their balloon back. But so that
1: just, it's baffling. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we run out of superlatives. As a matter of fact, about an hour ago, I used the letters T-F-W, just the letters. Somebody got really upset. I didn't use them in, in that order. Uh, but they got upset that I just said those letters in a different order. And I re- I said, hey, I get it. And I you know, my intent was not to offend you at all. And if you're offended, that's fine. Uh, I respect Well,
2: listen, that. you're not responsible for other people's feelings. I'm sorry if words are... We're at a point now where even telling the truth is offensive. But, and but, Senator, maybe they, it's impolite but, to use right. those letters, but it's not... I, I don't know.
1: I know. And that's, that's the thing. It wasn't even a word. It was just some letters. <laughs> Trung together, but here's the thing, and here's what the other thing. Now we're getting off topic, but that's okay, <laughs> Senator. We enjoy visiting with you here on Wake Up Mid Missouri. I am Brandon Rafterd. There's Mr. Brian Howsworth. Good to see him. Glad the senator's on with us. John Marsh is here. Good morning. There's producer Hannah. Hello, Stephanie Bell. Back on on uh, Monday. Well, I was talking about one of the other things that gets on uh, gets on my nerves. Oh, so you say those letters, for example, and people, well, you said that, and well, but whatever you. Your reaction is not my responsibility. If you take those letters, WTF, for example, to mean something, that's on you. That's what you're taking it to mean. Is I, That's not on me. It's not my responsibility. Let's move forward. State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman on Wake up Mid-Missouri on 939 the Eagle and 1045 News Radio 950 KWOS school choice uh, officially known Senate Bill 81 is basically would allow parents to use education money to send your kid to whatever school you want public private or parochial uh, whatever you want uh, is that a fair bottom line
2: Absolutely so Missouri has been trying something for a long long time and we're failing the idea that school administrators know better than parents what school is best for their kids isn't working. And so I think that the ultimate and local control is making sure mom and dad can get the best education for that particular kid. And listen, it's going to be different for each kid, maybe. Uh, so Senate Bill 81 just proposes that the state share of the foundation spending formula it's this really complicated convoluted way that we determine how much money the state gives to each kid is going to be able to follow that kid and the parents can decide which school is going to best meet the needs of their ch- their kiddos and um i think moms and dads are better equipped to make those decisions than administrators certainly better than bureaucrats and a heck of a lot better than politicians and so i want to get the money back to the people who are going to be the ones who are driving what is best for their kids.
3: Senator, uh, we always appreciate you joining us and, uh, and, and, appreciate the time. Uh, it is worth noting your district, which is Jefferson County, has a strong public education system, and it would have been unheard of 20, 30 years ago for a Republican to win your district, but you won that with 65% of the vote. I mean, really, Brandon summed it up in one, really one, uh, you know, sentence. Your bill authorizes p- to parents to choose the school that their kids attend. That really is it in a nutshell. And your bill is past committee. And my question is this. Have you had a chance to talk to President Rowden here in Columbia about when the bill will come up for a vote or, or discussion on the floor? Because I'm sure it's going to be filibustered.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, Democrats don't think parents are able to make these types of decisions. They would rather trust anybody else, and so I do expect that they'll stand up and oppose this bill. Um, Interestingly, the Senate pro tem, Senator Rowden from Columbia, isn't the one who gets to decide that anymore. We have a new floor leader, and her name is Cindy O'Loughlin, and Senator O'Loughlin from Shelby. Um, We had a discussion, and actually, the bill came up, and we laid it over. We're waiting um, today on the floor of the Senate we're going to be passing the parents' bill of rights, mm-hmm. making sure that our public schools aren't teaching CRT, and she asked if I'd be willing to to pause, and we'll come to that bill um, after we've had a chance to work through this other issue that's already kind of before the body. So I would expect sometime next week we'll be able to get to it.
1: State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, Republican, reps Jefferson County, joining us
0: this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Senator, you're sponsoring a bill that's getting a lot of attention that would basically, in a word, eliminate sales tax on food.
2: Yeah, it's a continuation. We talked about this last year, John, and I'm excited that we're getting traction again. Uh, We have more money in the state than we have ever had at a time that everything is more expensive for families. People's budgets are... you know, they're really being stretched. I talked to a friend of mine last weekend that he's working seven days a week. He said he's never felt like this. Everything is getting more expensive and building a tax system that is based on necessities uh, is I think really, really kind of an abomination, honestly. It's just horrific to me. I don't think that we should be running our state on money that is collected from food, right? Like that is a necessity of life. We know that our poorest neighbors are spending more proportionally of their budget on food than the wealthy are. And uh, when we have record dollars in the coffers for the state, I think the place that you start fixing our myriad of tax problems is those that hurt the poorest of the poor first. You
3: know, if I could follow up very quickly on that, and, and John, I'm glad brought up the point about the sales tax on food, um, Senator, because John and I were at the Capitol in 1997 when Governor Carnahan signed a bill, and I yes. I thought he, and that was that was Rich Crismer, a Republican's bill, but Carnahan signed it. I thought, many of us thought that that was already taken off. What happened?
2: So what happened, yeah, so our tax that is left is we have a 1% state tax that is, remaining, because back in 1982, under something called Proposition C, right. there was a ballot initiative to tax everything in the state that sold at 1%. What uh, Representative Crismer passed was taking the tax rate from 4% down to the 1%. Later on, there was a five percent that was tax on food that was added at the ballot box. Um, that is The soils in use and conservation split that money. So this would be getting rid of the 1% remaining for the state share of taxes. We're getting rid of the 0.225%. But that's right, Representative Prismer back in, I think it was, I thought it was 99, but it could have been 97. It was
3: 97, for sure.
2: Okay, so then that that was when that got dropped down from 4 to 1%. But now, you know, gosh, 30 years later, we are... At 30, not quite, 25 years later, Mm -hmm. we are one of only eight states that still has a tax on our grocery items. And that's really a bipartisan issue. Kansas repealed the last of their sales tax on food last year. Illinois did the same. Um, Republican and Democrats alike think that we shouldn't be building a tax system on necessities that affect
1: the poor the most. And I like that because to me, these are concrete examples. Uh, Ms. Coleman is our guest, Mary Elizabeth Coleman, state senator, Republican, Jefferson County, Missouri. I love, we've got, since the tragic events of January the 20th of 2021, we've had an incredible influx of new listeners, younger listeners, regretful Biden voters that are going like, how does this stuff work? And I think this, you try to trim down taxes, even if it's just a, a food tax, it's grocery tax, Every little bit helps. And I like to use these as concrete examples. See, this is the difference between us smart conservatives, independents, libertarians, as opposed to this progressive mindset. They want to increase your ta- taxes and conservatives and Republicans trying to cut taxes on things just to make life um, a little bit easier. Before we let you go, uh, back to the school choice uh, a little bit. What's the biggest sure. uh The biggest detract, the biggest argument that you hear against school choice, and how do you counter that argument?
2: Yeah, so I think the biggest argument is that we're going to see a decimation of our public schools and that nobody wants um, education choice in the rural areas. And those arguments are said in the same breath like I just did. And I don't believe that you can have somebody arguing that... Their schools are so great that nobody that um, nobody wants education choice. And at the same time, argue that it will decimate their local pub, public schools. These things are, they're just mutually exclusive. Either like in Jefferson County, you have strong public schools that most people are gonna wanna continue to go to, um, or they're not good and parents need an alternative, but they can't be both something that isn't wanted and result in decimating the public schools. So. Um, I think that's probably the biggest argument that mm-hmm. hear again. Mm-hmm.
1: Senator, idea. State Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman, anything else that you would like to add before we let you go?
2: No, just thanks so much for having me on and um, I appreciate again the opportunity to talk about not just education freedom but also reducing taxes for Missouri and so I think that our Missouri super uh, Republican, the super majority is focused on these things that help working families, everyday issues that people care about and you're seeing a working government right now and i'm proud to be a part of it
1: thank you mary elizabeth coleman wake up mid-missouri coming up eight twenty-five, uh wall street so we talk about this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. 8.25, time for the Morning Bell. Business news, a little twist that only Stephanie Bell, who's back on Monday. It's twist only. she. By the way, before she gets back, let me tell you about our good friend Stephanie Bell. So Friday, we and I think she's, I hope she's back on Friday. We're supposed to go to the statewide Lincoln Days uh, in uh, Springfield. And then, John, uh, on Saturday, uh, we're doing a really big event Saturday in
0: Jeff City. We're teamed up with the Navy Club uh, Chili Cook-Off for Camp Quality, the camp for kids who have uh, issues, I think, with cancer and all at the lake. We're going to be over at the American Legion with our special award-winning chili in the mix in the Chili Cook-Off.
1: I like who cooks chili for us.
0: (laughs) The first mom, I guess we should call her. All right, the first one, will come by and uh see us. Uh the award Carrie wins- Turgeon's mom, we'll let that we'll let that out.
3: All
1: right. Yeah, I didn't know if we were supposed to say anything. Uh Car- the mayor of Jefferson City, Carrie Turgeon's mom is cooking uh our chili for us come by and maybe we'll be able to regale you with stories of what we saw at the statewide Lincoln days in springfield the night before all right uh business news little twist only stephanie bell can give you stocks right now what we're seeing going to be opening up mixed wall street so what do they think is they from a wall street financial point of view they're looking ahead to the 2024 election because that's what it's like right now it's like man come on i know we're still uh a little under two years out but my gosh We need some help. America as a whole, we need some help. So they're looking around, kind of poking around. Let's look at who some of the presidential contenders are on the other side, because we're just giving up on Democrats. Let's look who some of the contenders are on the Republican side. And they're going, okay, from a Wall Street point of view, uh, here's who we are liking. Wall Street, according to Fox Business News, Wall Street is starting to love... Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' prospects in the 2024 presidential election so much that it's already eyeing stocks that will benefit. Uh, A group called Strategious Research Partners, an economic and market advisory firm run by the well-known market uh, analyst Jason Trenner, is among the firms gauging the market impact of a DeSantis presidency. The report uh, was obtained, reviewed, looked over by Fox Business, and it bases its research uh, primarily on DeSantis's policy positions. And so they're looking, okay, so as his time as governor of Florida, here's been his policy positions. How would that play out on on a national level? How would that play out in the stock market? And right now, I guess they're, they're giving it a like. They're giving it a thumbs up. Welcome into the show. There's a local business here in mid-Missouri uh, that you like. You should get on to InsideColumbia.net doing uh, nominations for best of inside columbia uh magazines best of 2023 you can get on to and you can find your way around there and then you will be able to vote for its restaurants hairdressers here and whatever it is you like get on the website make your vote coming up 8:35, and we're going to move on i think we've takeaways state of the union bunch of lies got got a little uh, uh man people got cranky yesterday and rightfully so i'm all about decorum um I really am, but i uh, when and i 'm not a fan of Marjorie Taylor green uh, I absolutely when she called the president a liar last night after he continued to tell according to USA today according to c n n and according um, to Politifact, lie after lie after lie told by president joe biden and you 're in real time, and there is nothing to dispute that on national tv i don 't know how many millions of people are are watching.
3: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard.
2: I strive to have love for all of mankind, regardless of any differences. But this concerns me as a professional athlete that has been competing in the World Surf League events for the past 15-plus years. And I feel that I must speak up and stand up for those in position that may feel that they cannot say something about this. I think many of the girls currently on tour are not in support with this new rule, and they fear
1: of being ostracized if they speak up. Uh, that, uh Bethany Hamilton. Uh, apparently, I was the only one on the show. Hannah, you know who Bethany Hamilton is? Yeah. And Marsh? Yeah, she was you know the a name. surfer. Yeah. Mar- uh,
3: Howlsworth, did you know the name? I did not. Sweet. Now, I don't feel so bad. No, I did not know until, <laughs> until you just met and... and- uh, sounds passionate what she's talking about. Well, and what I, so she was. Uh,
1: so if, if you would have said the name Bethany Hamilton, I, I, I don't know. But if you would have said to me, uh, one of the best surfers on the planet, she's the mm-hmm. young lady who lost her arm while surfing to a shark attack. And oh, wow, like yes. two days, oh, not two days, like within a matter of weeks, mm. guess what she did? She walked through that fear, got back on a surfboard, and is still one of the greatest surfers in the world. And I don't know if you've ever surfed. I've attempted it before. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I've surfed the web.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's a lot of balance. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing, and I don't know, I'm guessing if you were trying to go surfing or go snowboarding without an arm missing, I'm guessing it's pretty difficult. This kid is so amazing. She's one of the best in the world. And there was a, a a movie made about her. It had Dennis Quaid in it, I think. Yeah,
2: it's called Soul Surfer. Yes, Soul
1: Surfer. Yes, I remember that. I hadn't seen it, but I guess a, a pretty good inspirational movie. Yeah. And the reason I play that, I love what she says. She says, "Listen," and I think this is all of us. But we get frustrated because there's that. Well, if you're, let's say, if if you want women's sports to be fair, in other words, women play with women and men play in men's sports if you want them to be fair the, the script gets flipped oh you just hate no and, and I would speak for just about anybody I know everybody I know but I will speak for myself there is nobody that has a distaste or a dislike for anybody that's transgender or or, or the, the drag stuff gay life really the majority of people don't care uh, it's your soul. That's why I always talk about people. Like, talk about Brian Housworth. I tell Brian's a good human being. He's a good soul. And people commonly around here hear me say, Oh, that, that's a good person. That's a good soul. It's a good human being. It's a good human being. It's in your soul. Uh, and for her to say those words, as somebody who has an audience, saying, Listen, we love everybody. But I think she then she takes it a step further and why I'm calling her a hero this morning. Because she's speaking for those people that are afraid to speak out. She says, there's a lot of other people in my sport that are younger than me, and they're afraid to say something. Why? Because you're, oh, you're a homophobe. You're transphobic. And that is not it at all. I appreciate the fact that she would stand up and speak out for those that are rightfully, rightfully so, rightfully afraid because all the national news outlets, heck, even local news outlets, they criticize you if you want, for example, this is just one example, if you want female sports to be fair. In other words, you don't want a dude playing in female sports. Uh, the, the, the news has made you feel like you're a cretin for that. Kudos to Bethany Hamilton, and welcome into the show, Brian houseworth John Marsh producer Hannah. My name is Brendan Rathford. obviously one of the big things happening in Jefferson City that's going to be affecting. you think about how many school kids there are, how many parents, the school, anything ha- having to do with schools, I'm trying to think of anybody. I don't know that there is anybody not not affecting this. whether you pay taxes, you have kids, you have grandkids. whether you're a school kid yourself. Education legislation is probably the most impactful stuff happening in the state right now.
3: It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big deal indeed. And I think on the coverage of these issues that you're talking about specifically, it's very important because uh, usually you'll hear the, they, they play a lot on the news about the people testifying at the podium, and that's fine. But we also need to hear what the bill sponsor is saying too because they're trying to pass a bill, and it's important to read the bill as well. Um, and some of these bills are pretty complex, some of them are not, but, um, but definitely take the time to read these bills as well. In the case of Mary Elizabeth Coleman bill, it does not have to do with transgender athletes, but it has to do with school choice in her, in her words. But really, in one sentence, it authorizes parents to choose the school their children attend. That is a hot button issue at the capitol it has and, been uh, for decades it, it, and right it, it really has And one thing the senator said the last point i'd make brandon and john uh, is that she's absolutely right yes senator cindy o'laughlin ma- uh, she's floor leader but i stand by what i said caleb brown is the president pro tem he supports educate if caleb brown wants a bill to move even though technically he's not the floor leader it's going to move. When you're president pro tem of the Senate, you want something on a calendar. It gets on the calendar, and that's regardless of party. He's got some equity uh, in that. One of the other things
1: happening. Do you know? You know who Mattress Mac is? You ever heard the name Mattress Mac? No. Um, I. Uh, he's a gambler. He's the guy who came to. He got really famous in October following the World Series. This guy won a seventy-five million dollar bet after the Houston Astros won the wow. World Series. Uh, And here's why. At the very start of the season, he placed a $3 million bet on the Houston Astros to win, kept adding on to that $175 million. And apparently in gambling circles, Mattress Mac, who is a furniture store owner, I think, in Houston, uh, is now speaking. Because in Texas, they're looking at legalized sports gambling. Because nobody, Hannah, have you heard of anybody around here that's doing an office pool for the Super Bowl on Sunday?
3: No. No. Well, have you, Poulsworth? I've not, but again, I can't uh, technically as an employee of Learfield. I I, I can't. I I can't. Uh, But I'm not
1: aware of anything. Because it's illegal here in Missouri. and so Nobody's doing office pulls on the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, anyhow, this guy Mattress uh, Mac in Texas—they're considering legalizing sports gambling. Mattress Mac, this dude who won seventy-five million dollars betting on sports, has written a piece in a uh, piece in the Houston Chronicle. Uh, he is against legalized sports betting. He says, uh, "I'm known as one of the biggest sports gamblers in the world." He says, "But everything I do, I bet legally." So this guy says, "He says I drive." And maybe this is the point that I'm not, I have no interest in gambling. I love going to the Boonville Casino for a Christmas party and dropping 20 bucks in the slots. Gambling is just not something that is cool. If I'm at a casino, I'll play the slots. I enjoy <laughs> it. Uh, I'm not waiting to see what happens with the sports gambling law in Missouri. I, do write, I know right now it's illegal, so I won't take part in any office, uh, office pools on the Super Bowl or on the upcoming March Madness, incidentally.
0: I'm thinking about Mattress Mac and his bet last year on the Bengals. That that was the one that stuck in my mind.
1: Yeah. So this guy knows what he's doing. But I think in this, and so he's coming out against legalized sports betting in Texas. But he says it here in his part of his letter. He says, everything I do, I bet legally. Driving to Louisiana for two hours is not that much of an inconvenience. All I think and I think all that glitters is not gold. And I think that's one of the things maybe from people like me that are passionately ambivalent about sports gambling. Uh, people can leave Missouri and they can go to, to uh, I guess, Kansas. They can go to Illinois. I don't know about Arkansas and Iowa and Oklahoma. I don't know what the gambling, sports gambling laws are in those states. But we're touched by what? We've got eight states that touch us. So we have all these different opportunities for people to leave and go spend money in other states. How much of a boon would that be for mid-Missouri to be able to collect revenues on that? Uh, I don't know, but I do find it interesting. Somebody who's <laughs> made a pretty penny on sports, uh, on sports gambling is against it. By the way, Hannah or Halsworth was talking about reading the bill. One of my other favorite things to do is I love, in the Jefferson City News Tribune, I really do, and I'm being serious, I love reading letters to the editor. Uh, And there was one recently from somebody named Loretta uh, Baker, but Brian mentioned Read the Bills. And I wonder sometimes, and this isn't a knock on the Jefferson City News Tribune, but I wonder, any editorial board, do they fact-check, since you're writing a letter to the editor, do they still go through and look at facts, on some of these things, and I'm not saying there's any uh, lies here, but maybe just potentially somebody who doesn't read the bills. But it's somebody uh, who wrote last week, uh, Dear Editor, I w- it wasn't enough that our esteemed male legislators in Missouri decided they could tell women <laughs> legislators what they could wear. Now they want to tell our educated teachers what they can teach. So again, that's somebody, I don't know if if the person who wrote this letter to the editor, if they really believe uh, that 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 men were telling women legislatures what you could and couldn't wear. This again, this is a story that got national press and everybody all across the country fell for something that simply positively uh, was not was not true. There's another letter to the editor. Actually, this was this morning, uh, Jefferson City News Tribune, um, talking about the bus fares. Jeff Trans um, has, uh, well, they have a shortage just like everybody else. I mean, they're looking for good good help. Uh, But she's talking about the critical shortage of bus drivers and things like that. And she's talking about tax increases. And they throw buckets of money at law enforcement. A department that hasn't been accountable to the people of this city for racist police practices is evidenced by persistent longtime racial disparities in vehicle stops. And I think that's interesting. Two things. Number one, I'm pretty sure Chief Eric Wildey would uh, politely take exception to that statement and probably be glad to sit down and talk with the person who wrote this letter to the editor that was published in the newspaper. And maybe and I'm betting the chief would say, "Okay, well, let me hear you know, why are you saying this? I bet he would seek first to understand and then politely offer a response to that. Coming up here on the show, we are going to be doing some leftovers, some things we didn't get a chance to, to get to enjoy. A couple of the things we didn't get a chance to get to during the show. I'll start with this real quick right now. Uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky uh, is, uh, he's in UK, he's pushing for fighter jets to ensure his country's victory over Russia in a dramatic speech before the uk that's what they're uh calling it fox news will have more on this coming up at nine o'clock leftovers a couple of things we didn't get a chance to get to during the show today forgot to pay this off so one of the things i like we always encourage so like when i watch the state of the union speech or any other big speech i'll watch the speech and if i can i'll uh, occasionally the radio stations here uh, will carry it and i like to listen instead of watching uh, the other thing that I try to make sure to do is immediately afterwards turn off the TV because I don't want to be influenced by what these talking heads are saying, by what that person thinks or what this person on Fox or that person on MSNBC, whatever it is they say. I don't want to be influenced what they say. I want to form my own opinions. And then after I've meditated on it for a while, that sounds like an awfully lofty word for what I do think about it for a while. But after I've meditated on it for a while. Uh, then I like to flip through because I do like to see the reaction. I like to see media reaction, almost any story and the way it's framed, who covers it, how, is there any agreement, what's the common ground between the way the news outlets find it. Um, I thought this was kind of interesting last night on MSNBC. Rachel Maddow. This was, I guess, one of her big takeaways from the State of the Union.
2: A thousand people in that room. I have to say, but it does give me the oogs a little bit to see the average age in that room and then to see precisely one mask in yeah. the entire room. I mean, like I realize that we're in a different position with the COVID pandemic. But these are a lot of very
1: important, very. So she's freaked out. She gets the oogs. She gets the oogs. She's freaked out because there's old people, which is kind of offensive. Isn't it, John? <laughs> uh, she, gets, she gets the oogs at seeing all these old people and the people that aren't wearing masks.
0: I don't know. It's kind of old news. Ah, very nice. No pun intended, yeah. right? No, but you're right. And she's
1: one of those, I think, because we still see this here in mid-Missouri. Whenever I see somebody, they're still wearing a mask or whatever. I'm like, hey, that's great. It's your choice. I'm not knocking you, but you are clearly somebody. who, And, and you might have re- legitimate health reasons for wearing a mask. And I don't knock those people. But oftentimes, here's the first thought that comes into my mind. They got you, didn't they? They scared the heck out of you. The national news outlets did. They scared you. And you're, you're still uh, wearing a mask. I just think it's out, But that's the power of what the national. So that's that's racial. Maddow's biggest concern. Bunch of old white dudes and ain't one of them wearing a mask. John, what do you got for leftovers?
0: The throwdown between the Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce and the Missouri Chamber of Commerce over the Super Bowl. And we have learned that they have uh, taken up the mantle of the sports wager. If, and it's a big if, if the Eagles win, the Missouri Chamber promises to deliver Budweiser beer, Jack Stacks barbecue, burger smokehouse ham and sausages, and cherry mash candies to the folks back in Pennsylvania. But when the Chiefs win, we're saying but when the Chiefs win... (laughs) Pennsylvania will have to treat the Missouri Chamber guys to Yingling Beer, Hershey's Chocolate, Peeps, and Georgie Mushrooms.
1: Uh, Yingling beer is actually a very good beer. From what I re- And I don't know that you can always get it around here over the years. It just
0: a- started in Missouri, apparently, this
1: week. Yeah, it's a very um, very good beer. You know what's interesting? You're talking about the Chamber of Commerce from Missouri, Chamber of Commerce from Pennsylvania. Incidentally, the governor of Pennsylvania, Josh Shapiro, was born in Kansas City, Missouri. A young dude, too. He's 49 years old.
0: Uh, hmm. but when and, governor- and where did Andy Reid come from to the Chiefs? Hmm.
1: I don't know, legitimately. Where'd he come from?
0: We'd hope he came from the Eagles. Oh,
1: from the Eagles. Gotcha. I got that. Um, but when Governor Parson was on the show last week and we asked, hey, so what's Missouri and Pennsylvania, what are we doing? So the governor told us that he does have a bet with the governor of Pennsylvania. Missouri Chamber of Commerce has a bet with the Chamber of Commerce from Pennsylvania. Didn't we just spend 10 minutes talking about how sports gambling is illegal in the state of Missouri? <laughs> Uh, it's just an observation. While we stay on the theme of football, how cool would this be uh, to be Tom Brady, one of Hannah's favorite uh, athletes? Gross. He, he's the guy we love to hate because he he exudes confidence and excellency.
2: Well, and he's kind of going through it right now. He had to, you know, get divorced from his supermodel wife, and he bought a pickleball team. And he's retiring for good, so. For real. He's going through it right now.
1: I mean it. This time. Apparently, he needed a little bit of cash, so he tweeted a picture of himself in his drawers and uh, made a whole bunch of money. But the joke was, apparently, he's gone. Uh, He's gone from, uh, he's traded the football field for (laughs) OnlyFans. The dude posts. See, John, if you were to post a picture on any of our social medias of you in your underwear, (laughs) you'd get
0: called a pervert.
2: I would delete it immediately.
0: (laughs) Well, so you say. (laughs) But...